Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. G'day folks and welcome to Australian UFO Sightings official podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and you're listening to Encounters Down Under. Here we invite guests on the show to tell us about their encounters with aliens and UFOs, where most of our episodes were streamed live from our Facebook page, which gave listeners the opportunity to ask questions to our guests regarding their encounter. If you have had an encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch with us. You can send us a message through our Facebook page, Encounters Down Under, or send us an email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. Be sure to join us on Facebook and share with your friends and family to help us grow, and hopefully encourage others to come forward with their encounter. If you're an iTunes listener and a fan of the show, why not give us that five-star rating and review, and you could have your review featured on the podcast. But enough of that, let's get into what you've been waiting for. So kick back, relax with your favourite beverage, and enjoy the show. G'day folks and welcome back to another episode of Encounters Down Under. I have the pleasure of my very first episode featuring two guests at the same time with people who you might be familiar with who have previously been featured on the podcast. Join Triffin from Unlocking the Code and Grub from Subconscious Realms Podcasts in this new segment, Encountering the Coded Realms. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel Encounters Down Under where you can see the segments and the images that get provided during the live streams. So tonight joining me I have... Triffin from Unlocking the Code podcast there, and also got Grub there who um, helps out with General Lee with the Subconscious Realms podcast as well. So, um, boys, welcome to the show. Anthony, thank you very much, mate. Uh, yeah, well, thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Are we all good? On. I did We're not okay? have these things on. Oh, I've been talking and nothing's been going on. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm getting too excited. <laughs> so now people should be able to hear me there. So um, everyone you missed want, the well, whole then, intro. But, yeah, we'll but, start um, again, mate. It's okay. We, we can... <laughs> <laughs> these things happen, mate. Hey, mate. Look, we don't no mistakes. Drink. Zero, zero mistakes. <laughs> yeah, zero mistakes, mate. Zero mistakes. <laughs> I'm not that pro yet. <laughs> uh, but look, I'll start again, guys. Like, um. So we've got Triffin from Unlocking the Code joining us tonight there, as well as Grub, who um, helps General Lee with Subconscious Realms. How you going, mate? Yeah, thank you very much for having me, and thanks for the opportunity. And, yeah, looking forward to jumping down the rabbit hole of the 
UFO, UAP, advanced civilization, right through to some very interesting stuff that myself and Grub have been talking about as well. So thanks very much for having me, mate. Uh, and Grub, that, is that the Pallades, man? Are you, did you, are you trying to prompt me there? I think that is the Pallades, isn't it? Um, no, it's actually a quick screen grab I just grabbed, but it didn't all fit. It was actually kind of looking down the center of a um, kind of like a uh, uh, pulsar, pulsar star. Oh, so would have had okay. the uh, the ripples of of light around it, but uh, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> I couldn't fit it all in. <laughs> but uh, hello, all. That's awesome. G'day yeah. from Sydney. Yeah, no, Sydney, that's awesome. Now, look, guys, look, this is my first time um, actually have my own three way on the show, mate. It's um, a bit of a yeah. We don't we don't thing. say three we don't say three way, mate. We say tripod because three way is tripod. Even, yeah, tripod Life is tower, the, is the terminology. Yeah. Tripod. Yeah, because, I'm just saying three way because you just don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we can get it thrown around yeah. everywhere for you, know. <laughs> so where would you like to start, mate? Where do, where do you want to where do you want to take off from, Anthony? What would well, you look, the idea here is basically to try and go down the path here and figure out where this connection is between ancient civilization that's sort of gone through the history and to where the possible lead up or you know inclusion where ETs or even UTs, ultraterrestrials, are mm. in this whole phenomena. Where's the connection here? I know mm. you boys have been diving right down this path um, of the ancient world and stuff like that and trying to figure out yourselves where this is going. So um, whichever one of you want to go and sort of start off and where you've sort of gotten yourself so far or even where you've led down the path, find where you are today. Yeah, mate. Well, I, I can start if you want, Grub. Do you want me to kick off? Yeah, well, you're, um, your 780,000-year story Spit all over my own, so <laughs> we can start off that. It actually, starts in uh, your backyard, doesn't it? it starts in yeah. North Queensland. Yeah, well, no, the, the, the central Queensland. Yeah, the tectites spread across the whole of Australia. Well, I suppose Anthony, when you first got in touch with me, mate, and and said, you know, advanced tech or UFO UAP stuff, um, when we talk about uh, anomalies, I think it'd be anomalies, like more of anomalies, or yeah. evidence, or where do you want to go with it? I thought, yeah, there's a whole tech side to it, and I'm happy to talk about Sumerians, Vamanas, you know, where do you want to go there? Um, however, I mean, there's also us, right? Homo sapien sapien, okay? And the fact that we are different to all the other hominids on this planet, and we obviously are the dominant hominid. And the fact that potentially there is, well, not, but there is evidence that potentially 780,000 years ago, there was a crystalline structure in low Earth orbit that crashed into the planet. Okay, well, no, it fell into the planet. And this is this isn't just uh, casting the stones. This is according to NASA as well, right? If you look up NASA, they will say that seven hundred eight because that's the only reason they've got for the tectites, right? And I've actually got just trying to be clever here. Uh, I can actually pull a screen up, right? You're right. So you, can you guys see that now? Even get it across. Hang on. Oh, not that button. Not that button either. Not that one. Not that one. No mistakes, uh, Anthony. Okay, no mistakes. <laughs> here we go. There you go. So what we're looking at here is, is there's a number of different tectites that exist on the planet, right? And this is the one we're focusing on here, Australasian, 0.8 million years ago. Now, why is this important? This is important because the Australian Indigenous creation story tells a story about the Pallades, right? However, the Palladian story is the story that is from around the globe, right? It's not... 
And the story goes that the seven sisters of the Pallades were chased by the three brothers of Orion across the stars to Earth. Um, and they essentially adapted or evolved the hominids that were here into us. Okay. And I mean that this is the shortened version of, okay. There's a guy by the name of Bruce Fenton does a lot of really good work on this. There's a 780,000 is a YouTube, uh, documentary it goes for about 50 minutes from memory it's very well worth watching but it's also uh valerie burrows was another lady who was doing that work unfortunately she passed earlier this year so may she rest in peace however this is an ancient indigenous story okay not and this is not just the creation story of the australian indigenous this is the creation story of many indigenous cultures around the planet right the palladian story echoes throughout eternity as far as long as we understand it now, what are we talking about when we talk about Australite tectite, right? So this is some of it here, okay? There's also, well, I've also got a piece just sitting here. Uh, and you can see it's in these button shapes, these teardrop shapes. And the reason for that is, is it fell into the planet, okay? So if something hits the planet, any sort of meteorite or something like that is going at who knows how many thousands of kilometres or miles per hour, Right. This doesn't. It's sort of like it just just slowly dropped and then just hit the ground and rolled, basically. So the story goes that this was the Palladian. And this is actually the out of Australia story, right, where the original Homo sapiens sapiens was evolved here and walked from here out. And there's more evidence for that than you'd think about, but that's probably not for tonight. So the Australite tectite. So the, the work of Bruce Fenton... He basically had a psychedelic experience, right? And he was uh, in a spaceship hovering over Earth, big crystalline structure, saw the spaceship explode and fall into the planet, and he was part of that. And he had the, it, it was basically looking over Australia, and, you know, I think before people go, you know, psychedelic experience, right? Steve Jobs This is before he found these, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, when we talk about psychedelic experiences influencing society, pretty much every major invention has one of those behind it, just for the record. Mm, It's true, Um, yeah. So, you know, we can't... But it was before, uh, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, he had that experience, and then he went on his mission to find these objects. That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The evidence. He had that that experience, yeah. He had that experience, like, this. he was drawn, right? And he had a number, 780, right? And this was 780,000 years ago. And it drew him to the work of Valerie Burroughs. She's got a number of books. I, I don't have the names of them tonight. However, where she talks about this, right, where she talks about this is the creation story where they upgraded the human DNA, okay? And our, our DNA has been upgraded. There's no question in that. And then it's like, okay, so this is the creation story. Where's the physical evidence? Well, the physical evidence is all these tectites, right? I mean, if you wander around and out, you can see most of it in Queensland, right, over to WA. It's basically this thing just fell into the earth and just wiped Australia, across Australia. If you wander around in the in the bush long enough, you will find tectites, right, uh, and you'll find them everywhere. Okay, so what was a crystalline structure doing in low earth orbit 780,000 years ago? And if it exploded, the question then became, well, maybe there would be, you know, if it exploded, there might be stuff on the moon, Right. Now, I understand the moon is a different story and we can, we just, let's just pretend that we went to the moon and we had, we, we went there a number of times and we brought back samples, which I do think we did. What we did there and how is a different story. 
However, in the rock samples brought back from the moon, there was, if they had found it in Australia, australite tectite. So something not only was in low Earth orbit, however, it exploded in low Earth orbit. And one of the uh, articles that I've actually got in the queue for one of the next EFS episodes is they found a bit of quartz on the moon, right? Now, what is silica? Silica is quartz. It's crystal, okay? So this is potentially our creation story. We were potentially modified by extraterrestrials, right? And the, there's two main dominant cultures across the planet where we go ancient advanced civilization. There's those who believe in the Pleiades and there's those who believe in the Orion, right? Think about that for a second, okay? So you've got the pyramids in Giza. You've got the pyramids in South America. You've got, uh, well, actually, I could use this map here. You've got one pyramid in South America. There's one here and there's one there. And if you basically line them up you know, across the globe, it looks like the three stars of Orion, and so then, the, okay, so now we've got evidence, multiple points of physical evidence for this story. Not only is it the beginning story of multiple cultures around the planet, but there's actual physical evidence that we can find, okay? So then the story goes, and this is through, this is another stuff, this is some more tectite, right? This is different. This is the strong boys. This is their stones. And it came to me, actually, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. So the story then went, right, so there was a battle that took place on Earth between five races, okay? Think about the dominant races on the planet right now. How many of us is there? You would say five. You could say seven, but five, right? Uh, and the, and this is the shortened version, obviously. Then the space police came and said, right, you guys need to knock it off or else we're going to step in and we're just going to throw rocks at the planet, okay? Don't worry about your piddly little weapons. You've got X amount of time to figure it out. So then if you, again, you can go back into the record, there is evidence that about 775,000 years ago of a multiple bombardment impact on four sides of the planet. Now, do you have any idea how rare it is for one big rock to hit us? But yeah. now four on every side of the planet at once, right? Mm. And that's just weird, right? And, you know, when we... we Am I saying that that's what happened? No, I'm saying that this is the physical evidence that is left behind, right? And we have to question because we got upgraded somehow, right? We are our, our cortex and there's interesting things about our makeup, you know, the stardust in our bones. There's all sorts of stuff that we have to question, right? And it's like I did a really good episode on it. And you know yourself, Anthony, when you do episodes on stuff and then people go, hey, can you recite that for me? It's like, no, not really. I didn't <laughs> go back in the back catalogue for all the details. <laughs> However. It is. We're, uh, we're like a long way down the rabbit hole. It's going to take yeah. a long time to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean yeah. on, on, on the other hand, this is definitely weaving the ancient tales from around the world that reflect the same evidence hmm. that now is being seen. So it, it, is, it is a bit of, but I mean. It's a bit of weaving, but at the end of the day, like even in Australia, for a lot of the uh, geological evidence that we see now, a lot of the Aboriginal tales have have Dreamtime references for them. So yeah, that's right. That's right. It it is incredible. So it's yeah. There's a multiple bombardment impact in the 500s BCs as well. well, That's another story. Um, Yeah, 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 these tectites. I mean, there's very. I mean, have a think about this, right? So this is a solid rock. 
what kind of technology does it take to draw that, right? I mean, it looks like a soldering iron, okay? That's what it looks like to me. Um, now, this, this one here, all these angles have been matched to other rocks in, I think there's one in America, one out of Africa, where these look marks look don't look very extraordinary, but there's another two stones on the planet that have the same markings and the same variable angles within these markings, right? There's also this weird silica stuff that sits in some of these stones that I've seen, and it's odd, right? I mean, so if you want to talk about, I suppose, Anthony, when we talk about advanced technology, we talk about uh, UFOs, these sort of things, right? How far back do you want to go? And then again, how many times has it happened, right? How many times has a civilization risen on this planet and then dropped away, right? Whether it be via cataclysm or natural selection or take your pick. So I think, but the evidence for us being genetically modified isn't that, uh, isn't as far out as it would once seem, mate. And I, I just wanted to start there because, again, that gives the origin story of not, again, not only our Indigenous culture here in Australia, but multiple Indigenous cultures across the planet. And then what has happened since then in that 780,000-year period? I mean, 70-odd thousand years ago, we the population got down to under 10,000 people, right? Yep. So what happened prior to that, right? But I think that the, the last time that we maybe had advanced tech, I would say, is between the 70,000-year period and the 12,800-year period. Right, which is when the great cataclysm happened. Um, but I just, you know, and again, how where do you want? Where did you want to go? Do you want to go to the Anunnaki? You want to go India? Do you want to go Sumeria? Do you want to go? You know, crash UFOs in Egypt, right? I've got yeah. some actually I've got some hieroglyphs here from Egypt as well. I mean, what are these megalithic sites, mate? What? what how are we? Yeah. Uh, I see we've got a couple of uh, – the planet, whether it's a globe or whether it's flat, I can just see a couple of questions there, boys. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to – I'm not even going to – Well, it collapsed, you see. It's seen little glass balls all over the ground. <laughs> <laughs> We're free now. <laughs> the earth is not flat, and I don't really want to play that game. However, um, Tartarian mud no, actually, actually, then. The um the uh all all say like, all right all the megaliths they're all mm. lined up astronomically. The yes. most set thing that they follow is the sun and the moon. Both of these things have been in orbit since say seven hundred thousand. This uh, this this other date. Uh, so for them understanding that. You are about to watch an eclipse. It's about to take place, but it happens beneath the horizon. Mm. They know that these two objects went underneath the earth. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? You, you so can't they, line they them on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, it was, and then they, they use particular energies or you know, perceived to use these particular energies to do what they were doing from old tales from, from some of this old tech. So even, even the ancients, whether whether they knew or not, but they had the perception of understanding that there was another world where this eclipse actually took place underneath their feet, understanding mm. that the world's not flat, but actually a wheel. 
and that we're mm. actually on the edge of the wheel. Mm. And even the Aboriginals understood this. And you can, so. you, and then you've got to take into account. <laughs> you've got to take into account the procession of the equinox. You've got to take into account the one degree every seventy-two years. These sites were measured to that. I mean, why did they worship the stars? Right. This is the question. Why? And you know why there's so many tales of beings from the stars across so many ancient cultures. Like it's it's hard to know where to start, Anthony. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the one the, the favorite tidbit from the Sumerians is um, in the Sumerian. Te- I mean, the Sumerian texts are a whole different thing. However, I think we've got about ten thousand tablets, and we can translate Sumerian, but I think we've only translated five percent, six percent of those tablets. It is. Right? I think. I think. I think there's about two hundred people in the world that can translate it. Mm. <laughs> something like and in, this, yeah. And in, and in that percentage of tablets, we've rewritten John. Well, we understand that the Sumerians knew about geometry before Pythagoras, okay? Just for the record. I did a, there was an episode on that earlier as well. Yeah, However, yeah, in those yeah. texts, the Sumerian texts, they said that they knew that the cataclysm come, that, that was coming was so bad that they fled the planet. It's like, how um, do they know that then? Like, how? Exactly. Well, how did they move cycles? These big unless, down? unless it's cycles, of course. Uh, unless it's cycles, mm-hmm. and um, uh, well, what actually happens in between those cycles, and and the cycles that we don't actually see, mm. and the ones that we don't perceive, how are we ever going to know that there's a magnetic uh, uh, a field, a magnetic field around the Earth, until mm. we had a compass? Mm. Now, that's that's the idea of, of of like knowing something is there that you cannot see or feel, almost mm. like electricity, you know. And I think so how did they? How did they know? They knew because I believe, mate, that once upon a time there was a uh, a civilization where science and spirituality existed as one. Okay, if you can merge material science with the understanding of the unknown, then the sky's the limit as far as technology is concerned. There's yeah, no laws. Mean, no, no, no laws of physics. No, there's no laws right. of physics because they don't exist, right? Because uh. in in an, in a in the ether, it's all it's all etheric. You know, we, we are we exist within the ether, right? Which is sort of yeah. where we won't go there, Grub. But uh, that's where some of our work's been going recently. Um, <laughs> so you mentioned cycles, like so. Let's go through um, the, these guys worked out how the cycle of the Earth happened, right? So hmm. procession of the well, it, there's a couple of different versions, right? So there's a in the sacred grid, there's there's older monuments that align to the other uh, the last North Star, the Dog Star, okay, uh, and then but those monuments are about four or five degrees out as well, so right because you know how the Earth sits on a tilt. Yep. Some of these monuments were built before the before the tilt or before the wobble, right? Um, no, see, this is this is important because they they actually un- understood that. That okay, there's the sun, but the mm. only thing that's more stable within our solar system that we can pinpoint is actually the the north region, and mm. and and its precession, which is a twenty thousand, you know, twenty twenty four thousand year cycle or something. So oh. by marking that specifically, actually understands that this is this is one of the parts of the clock, but this clock is one of the oldest clicking, you know. Mm. Well, so it's, tw- it's twenty twenty five thousand nine hundred, I think. It's 360 degrees, so 72 by 360, whatever that is. It's 25,920, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
so it was it wasn't like a sometimes they'd mark it, but there was no star there at the time. Mm. Like like you're saying, it would process around. So mm. I mean, even even at the time of the in, in Egypt, it was uh, Tuban or Thuban. That star is actually one of the stars of Draco. Mm. And so what we got to yeah, yeah, remember, so yeah, totally and we got to remember too that this is true north, not magnetic north, because we're talking about a whole different. thing. That's exactly right. See, now, so we, one one of them is related to the suns that we can see, the light. Yeah, the other one, the the, the one that we cannot perceive, the one that's say occulted, is the black sun, which is the magnetic field, which points in a completely different direction. It does its own thing, and it wanders, causes goddamn chaos over the world. <laughs> Which is actually proven in late Mungo around the, uh, I think it's between 30 and 40,000 year mark period, which uh, would have been one of the extinction, uh, extinction events in Australia for the uh, megafauna. Mm. And at that time, they proved as, as they were staying in the same area over time from the, the fire pits, when the clay was hardened, all the magnetic filing or particles Right, all the, the magnetic flow in these objects as they were baked would change in direction upon different layers, demonstrating that the magnetic field had wandered beyond 40, 50 degrees. Actually, I think it was over 100 degrees or something. Well, the, and over the, this time, yeah. they'd all gone crazy and lost, lost total, total uh, uh, mental capacities. They said there was, everyone was murdering each other and everyone was falling ill and sick and then a huge tidal wave came over. And this was only 30,000, 40,000 years ago. So this, this, this black sun, this, this occulted fields that's related to the north, you know, the pole, polar regions, you know, both, both hemispheres, they would have been watch, watching it, understanding or somehow feeling it, knowing the birds use magnetic fields to, mm-hmm. to fly around. And uh, it's, it's one thing that I don't think anyone's ever actually checked. Uh, during megalithic building is uh, magnetic positioning where the poles actually were at those times, which I, you know could be a could be an interesting thing about too. So it makes you wonder: was that like a natural cause with this whole mental thing going on, or do you think it might have been a bit of a uh, a cause from something else? Because like, I know um, if you're talking about like um, going from ETs, like people claiming that they have like a, a mental interference, like you know they. They can't remember things. There's something that goes on. You know, their whole mentality changes in a sense. So it makes you wonder if that if there's that a sense of a natural cause or something that's interfered with the Earth's population deliberately. Well, I mean, changes in magnetic fields and resonances and sounds can definitely affect your mental state. I mean, it could be. I mean, this is the. There's two bigger questions here. It's like, so what? What does the magnetic pole do? What does the center of the wor- of the Earth actually look like to cause that magnetic flow? Uh, yeah, that's important. Yeah. However, um, yeah, I mean, both things could be true. I think if the pole starts moving on you, I mean, you got under. So at this point in time, the north and south magnetic poles are roughly well. The South Pole is currently marching away from us under Antarctica. Okay. And the North Pole is currently coming down from the north. I think it's somewhere in Alaska at the moment, right? And it's steadily moving towards the equator uh, every year. It's it's wandering. It sort of does little squiggles, but it's it's tracking south uh, ish. Um, the ice chases the poles, Anthony. Right. So not only does the 
the sunlight and the spectrum and all these things change, but also the weather changes drastically as well, you know, where, you know, once upon a time there was mile-high sheets of ice across the equator, right? I think that is, you know, and this is the – we're wandering into fragile territory with all the climate stuff. However, yeah, okay, on this side closest to Australia, yes, the ice is breaking off and floating away. But where the pole is going, which is underneath and away from us, the ice has never been thicker, okay? And it's the same in in the Northern Hemisphere as well. So it's like, does that affect it? I mean, it depends, man. I mean, how could someone use a sound magnetic type weapon on a human population? Well, didn't they do that in Canberra last year? Sorry, but they did, right? So it's not like that that there is acoustic weapons. So maybe. Hmm. Well, I know the Germans we'll say with it as well in World War yeah. II. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this, is, this is the trick back to uh, Tesla talking even, even before the wars. It's the he death says, ray, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, he had his scalar wave, which is which is um, important later on. <laughs> but the uh, the uh, uh, he said uh, light traverses the same way as sound through the atmosphere. So think about your voice. What we're doing now, we're talking, right? If you remove the atmosphere, they say there's no sound. So the only sound would be the tiny, tiny little clapping hands of your vocal cords. Just <laughs> fuck all. But somehow that's able to make a perturbation, which is then done in frequency across the atmosphere to then make a sound that is radiant throughout the room. And that then goes into your ear and then your ear is able to pick apart all the other sounds, right? So as light comes from us or from the from the any any light source, right? The light source is a perturbation or a wavelength. It's a wave. But what is the wavelength of the light through? Hmm. What is hmm. it perturbating through? What's 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 being disturbed to create the light? Well, I know the answer. It's the ether. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's being disturbed. That's it. Um, well, yeah, yeah, nowadays I like to call it space time, uh, but hmm. but space space is it, there's 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 nothing to it. Now I think uh, a lot of this type of knowledge is 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 understood even by Aboriginals because hmm. this is this is natural, it's natural law. And so understanding concepts like this and even getting a magnet and for a shaman or for for an ancient priest in Egypt to pick up a magnet and go, yeah, I know exactly what this is. Because <laughs> then he goes into the temple and then and then chants and then gets the drummers to play a particular rhythm, floats the stones into position. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're sitting here playing with the magnets, go, oh wow, look at that, it's sticky. <laughs> yeah. And when we yeah, so when we talk about when we talk about tech, that's that's where you're gonna go with it, right? This is when we talk about tech, if you can put 900 ton stones in place at Baalbek, you can build a spaceship, okay? You know, like, if, if you have the ability and the understanding of, like, like Grub's saying here, natural law, understanding the unseen, right? I mean, in order to cut those stones, they're separating them from the bedrock using some sort of tool. I mean, I could show you the scoop marks on the unfinished obelisk in Aswan in Egypt. 
it looks like an, the an tool marks, cream. like they, yeah, they, the yeah, ice they, cream. Some, some of them look like they've been planed with a, with a steel planer, you know, down yeah, to a yeah. perfect I'll, flat. I'll show you. You know, yeah, I'll see if I'll show you. Hang on, because it, it's in 0. the point two five of a millimeter flatness and stuff. It's it's kind of like uh, even if a pharaoh turned around and said to their priests and their carpenters and their masons and said, "I want the flattest thing in the world," right? What what does that mean to them? What does flatness mean to them? How are they going to make something to prove its flatness? It means that they need to have a tool that is able to measure to that size to be able to say that this is flatter than that particular object. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to bring that screen up, Anthony? Have a and yep, have, right a, yes. have a look at this one, bud. It means it had stages in scales of measure. It was. Uh, right. It's so it's so is, precise. This, this is the unfinished obelisk in Aswan. Yeah, you can see out, the scoop yeah. marks, yeah. right? You can that that is that is them yep. getting the. Well, <laughs> look at this! Look at this! Right? Tell a man me can crash that. in there. It's yeah, a, a man couldn't do the work. Granite. That is rose granite, that, yeah. just for the record. I think that's like number seven on the the hardness scale or something like that, and it's been cut like an ice cream scoop, right? So if you want to yeah. talk about ancient tech and understanding. This is this is where we go. I mean, this is there's such a deep rabbit hole. We could go a thousand different places. However, this this scoop work here is some of the most amazing evidence for it, right? I mean, look at this. It's like they're just testing it, testing it, or something. I don't know. It's almost like they're playing with the with the with the the stone melting gun. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it looks like. I mean, how yeah. else do you? How else do you explain it, you know? Um, and how did they do that? You can barely stand in there, right? So the idea is, and this is the mainstream idea, right, is that they did that with copper chisels and some raw, some wrought iron tools. Uh, diorite. No way. And, oh, yeah, and the diorite ball. ball. The diorite ball. If you bang it, which is which is which is eight, 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 eight on the mo, uh, mo, mo hardness scale. So it's yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's, it's only a little it's, bit harder, you know. Yeah. Well, I was so, yeah. thinking even like even copper wouldn't even withstand that. No, like trying nothing. To chisel no, that. no, no way. No, and even no, iron, like no, it'll take no. you, I don't know, hundreds of tools just to go and make one little bit of grout by the time you've worn the damn thing out. And this is cut they, perfectly, right? I mean, yeah, this is this what we're what, And what then we're from that, they're going to move that. They're going to move that and ship that up to, say, Karnak or, or yeah. uh, you know, on one of these other cities up north <laughs> on, by the well, Nile. Somehow they're going to ship that, you know? Yeah. As Muhammad and cut said, it on the way. Yeah, work, working on the way yeah, precisely. Yeah, that's right. Precisely. And then and stand it up. Perfect. Yeah. And yeah. then stand <laughs> up. This is 800. What is it? 1,168 tons. Okay. Jesus. Right? And I spoke to Muhammad Ibrahim. He's a, uh Egyptologist and top guy over there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they just, you know, they get some ropes and they lift it up and they put it on a boat and sail it down the river. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he's, he's taking the piss, obviously, because you don't just do that. You know? Like, how do you do Well, that? for one, it's going to break when you try and bring it out. Absolutely. The ropes will. And then you've got the risk of the actual whole monolith there snapping in half yeah. as well. Can, yeah. I, can, I, can I just mention there in, in, in that picture, you can see a, a grey blob just above to the centre. There's a big grey blob. That's that's the die right there. No, you go go to the center. Go to the center and I go up. There's some there, and you yeah, and go further across. There's a big pile. Yeah, these are the, yeah this is die right. This is apparently what that's they a use. natural inclusion in that granite. So as they're working that granite, there's these there's that die right in the granite do you know what as well. I just, do you know what I just saw, boys? Look at the scoop marks on the wall. Look at them. Mm. Yeah, well. So that's probably that from a prior. 
Yeah, that, there's probably another obelisk that's out, come yeah. out of here. Yeah, there's another obelisk that's come out of here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Those I other chip marks that. there, yeah. those those square ones are the uh, the, mm. the more modern where they put the wood chip in. They put like a block of wood, dry wood, mm. and they soak it. Mm. And as mm. the wood expands, it'll crack it. But the scoop marks don't account for that type of that type of modern, no. more modern work. No. No, I mean, and look, you've got the accuracy of the King's Chamber. Yeah, you want to talk technology, we could talk about the King's sarcophagus. That is a single piece of granite, right? That actually, if you look down inside it, there's core drill marks that still can be seen. Um, And like, yeah, we'd have to use diamond-tipped drill bits, basically, or core drills and just go... That's still core drills. That's that's, Yeah, that's right. yeah, they actually yeah, use yeah, a core, a core, one little ring, and then and then chip out the center. So somehow their their tool bit was so fine, it was able to cut twenty millimeter ball holes mm. using a core drill, which means it was hollow in the middle. So the metal, the middle, whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever it is it that was. they were using, was like uh, paper thin. You know, it was yeah, it was incredible. And then no one, and then see Anthony. I look at some of this stuff, and I always think about the things that people don't talk about. The, the chamber, the sarcophagus had to be in there as they were building it because it's too big to come through any of the tunnels. <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Fucking. Right? So they placed it. It's always in there. It was, it was in there from the beginning, right? There's another, there's another shot of it. That is a single piece of granite. And that we would struggle to do that today. Okay? Yeah. You know, try and get a granite sheet delivered on the back of a truck without it cracking. You know, like that, that takes some skilled logistics today to do that. Um, obviously, there's the pyramid. What was, what was I looking for? Here we go. Again, if you can move 1,650 tons worth of stone, okay? 64 foot by 19.6 by 18 foot, 1,650 tons. Now, this is the Lebanon too. Yeah, this is Baalbek, yeah. Very interesting place. Part yeah, of the Levant, very, yeah, very, northern very, Levant, very interesting place, right? But it's, it's, yeah, yeah. And this is the this is the updated version. They found another one that's already been pre-cut. That's like, I think it was it was more, wasn't it? Yeah, two, it's bigger, two, two thousand yeah. ton. Yeah. So not only have they been able to, the thing is, Anthony, I was in logistics for a long time, mate. Even just moving that stone that far would be a struggle for us to do now. Okay? Yeah. They've pre-cut another one. Right, and then not only that, they have put oh, gone the wrong way. They've put nine of them. You know, like not only are these look, there's a dude to give you some scale. Right, so what's he five, ten, whatever? I mean, think, look how big the bottom stones are, let alone the platform that the that, and these big ones up here. Right now, see, these are the biggest stones ever moved that on record, yeah, yeah. and placed somewhere. Right now, the Romans are supposed to have built this. Right, the normal archaeological record says that these are the Romans. Yeah, the, Ro- the Romans did it with wood Except and uh, pulleys. <laughs> Romans never say anything yeah, about it. Exactly. Romans, if if it is the biggest stone that they had ever moved, you think they would have put a plaque on it, yeah? And also, put a statement yeah, do, or have it on record, and they they just exactly. they don't have that. They don't have the you fact the ob- that they moved that the larger stones. And the obelisk that sits in Rome now at the Vatican took two emperors to move. It took the reign of two emperors to move it from Egypt to Italy. Two and a half, I think. But, yeah, exactly, exactly yeah, right. Like that, yeah. Two, two plus Ridiculous. Emperors. They that, all died. <laughs> yeah, it took two, two Caesars before they even got anywhere near it, right? Wow. 
Yeah. I like this guy. You're missing the point. We've got some questions. Is that a bloke standing next to it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a, a man standing there. Yeah. That's a man. Yeah, that's yeah. a man, yeah. He nearly blended in there. I didn't even it's, see him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the Trilithon. It's called the Trilithon at Baalbek. Yeah. And so if anyone wants to look that up, that's Yeah, there's a, there's a dude yeah. for those. Thousands of photos of it. All right. Trust him. Oh, yeah, little frames are in the way. So, oh, well, that's all right. People can sort I of think make it's 17 anyway. metres long. 17 metres long by hmm. two point. Or three, like four, four meters tall, five meters wide. But the other thing about, about Bal- seventeen oh, meters long. There's a, bit, there's a there's a more modern photo, right? But you've, there's a good picture here where we can see Roman versus the old stuff, right? So I would say this here, that's Roman. This here, this is Roman, right? I should. I'll, I'll hang on. Let me get a. I think Greeks doubled in a bit like that too, didn't they? That's their sort of architecture. Like this, as well. this stuff, this here is Roman for sure. This stuff over here, this is all Roman. I wouldn't. Don't think this is here. The Arabs came right. through and rebuilt it too. Yeah, and the so other thing the, is too the, is we've got to remember. Half, yeah. um, you got to remember it's Baalbek, right? So this is Lebanon. It's to Dionysius, um, basically the god of sex, drugs, and rock and roll boys. He's the one. You know yeah, what I mean? The god, oh, Bacchus. <laughs> it's the temple of Bacchus. Bacchus. That's right. No, yeah. Ba- yeah. But but yeah, but Bacchus, Bacchus and, and Dionysius are the same, right? They're, they're just oh, a different okay. entity, oh, the right. same god, right? So, and it's basically the god of wine. Um, and you're not going to wander into the middle of nowhere to build a monument to the god of wine. In the, the Romans did some crazy stuff. I'm not saying they did. Well, they obviously hmm. took it right and used it as the as guys saying here. I mean, you've got some. Uh... Oh, where I get off there? I, th- I think the earliest record they think is maybe Alexandria. Here you go. Uh, so he's, he's, in his yeah, you can see some of this stuff here. This is obviously Roman. There's some some of the left. And they're Roman massive too. Massive. The other, I mean, you want to talk about interesting questions. Why are the doorways so big back in the day? I mean, yeah, that's a, always been a big question. All right. Why are the doors all massive? <laughs> if you want to talk, because mm. look, there's a there's a there's a version of this story where it's giants that are moving the big blocks, mate. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually yeah. going to ask that question there because I know um, yeah, Ross did a bit of an episode there uh, a couple of weeks ago there in regards to you know ancient civilizations and ancient gods and stuff like that where giants are coming into it. But we'll try and stick to the um, the ancient civilizations. Yeah, but here you go. Things, he, he's, he, and this is the thing a lot of people don't understand about the Temple of Bacchus, right? Five million square feet, 46 and a half hectares, 115 acres, 464,515 square meters. So it's not like it's just this bit. Okay, there's not. I couldn't find a good overhead shot of it, but that's was one of the better ones that I could find. Yeah, it looks like a man with a with a hexagon yeah. on the head. Yeah, yeah, it's it's to the top it, right. It goes, and there's more temple stuff as well that we don't see here. This isn't a full representation. It actually and, points directly to Palmyra as well, which yes, is the other temple yes. above. Yeah. yeah, and this is these are the a lot of these monuments line up too, Anthony. I mean, these are this is the things we talk about. They line up on the. Well, I know that me and you've got a, a a podcast that's yet to be done about the sacred grid. I know you wanted to yeah, you know, chat about that. Ley lines and the sacred magnetic grid. There's two wow. different. We're playing two different games there, right? There's energetic uh, lines uh, across uh, the earth, and then there's the <laughs> magnetic lines across the like. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh. yeah. So yeah, here's here's that's that's where Balbeck is, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Wonder there to. And as Grubb said, we've literally got tax checks 
from the Romans, right? You know what I mean? We know how much Bob paid on his taxes back in 243 AD, but they didn't tell us anything about the nine massive stones that they lifted up. And the other other question when you talk about tech, and if we're not going to talk about anti-gravity and sound and vibration, these sorts of things, is how do you even um, move that, right? What kind of road... Well, here you go, Anthony. You're you're an operator. Yep. Imagine putting. So, what, I mean, what's the biggest dumper at the moment? How much do they take? Four hundred. Uh, I think the lead is four hundred. They're looking about four hundred fifty, roughly. Right. So, what kind of road? So, number one, you got to build something that'll take nine hundred ton. Okay, that's number one. Yep. Then you've got to build a road up a hill. And then place the stones so perfectly you can't put a bit of paper between them. Yeah. What kind of tech are you using to do that? We've got nothing. Today's technology, nothing. And the road would have to be bigger (laughs) than the block, right? You know what I mean? Where's the the (laughs) massive road, man? That's right. That's fucking mind blowing when you see it. (laughs) Yeah. Where's the road? What are we talking about here? Right. You can't spin enough hemp rope to pull that motherfucker. <laughs> no, like, even today, it's highways. Like, you can't even go <laughs> down a hill on the way there. It's going to be a struggle to get up. This is all on top of a hill, man. Right? They did move mountains. Romans Romans uh, were, were known for it as well as no, Sennacherib uh, back in the Bronze Age, early, early Iron Age. Hmm. There were military campaigns where they did, they literally moved mountains. They literally but, moved mountains, yeah. To move single blocks like this is no, it's it's just it's not even written on record anyway. I mean, and look, you want to talk about tech, you want to talk about advancements. I'm a Greek, so I'm going to go out a bit of a limb here, but I reckon because obviously the Greeks to the rubble, Trojans to the Greeks, right? I think the Greeks stole half their shit. Sorry, but I'm I think that's what happened. I think the you know as the Romans conquested, the Roman concrete is still better than our concrete. The Roman roads are still better than our roads, right? How far? I mean, what are the roads built out of under the jungles in South America? They had America? to have been. They had to right. perfect it before they were able to lay it. The, right. the, so the tech like, had to have been advanced. You know? Exactly. Like you're, yeah. like I you're mean, saying, yeah, yeah. In in order just to, in, I mean, what is it? Let's just let's just take the Romans. Let's step away from ancient, advanced everything, right? What does it take for to do that? Two and a half thousand years ago. Okay. What does that take to do that? We're doing that with picks and, you know, like different type of picks. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's what they're telling us, right? I'm not saying it was done with any sort of tool. I think a lot of this stuff they think maybe was cast actually, right? Which is even crazier because you're building a mold, which is the mirror of this perfectly. And they do talk time. about that a lot in the, um, occult and esoteric and in art mm. talks about doing the mirror image and especially sculptures and, and they were doing plasters and shit like that as well. So yeah. they did have that, that idea in their heads of, you know, the, the, the spirituality or all the, at least the metaphysics of making to the opposite, you know, the, the print. Mm. So they did but a lot of like wax quite, seals and, and yeah. stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But what about the, just the tech boys? Right, I mean, in order to understand that, there's a level of geometry, trigonometry, engineering, metallurgy, you know, like logistics, mm. engineering, science. 
right? We we cast our minds back to these civilizations, right? And we don't even know how advanced they truly were, do we? Okay. And they Excuse think me. they think that they're trying to reach what the gods could do. And exactly. this is what we're producing. They're trying to emulate right? the so, gods. Exactly. So what what the fuck did they see to think that this was only merely touching the gods, you know? Mm. Like the uh, yeah. some of the other stories have got the um, uh, Tower of Babel. The, the, mm. uh, you've got other stories of, of these um, artifacts not actually being built here, especially, say, with a, a temple in, in Israel. Mm. There's an idea in, in the occult sense that it's not just built here, but it's actually built like the uh, Catholic doctrine says, as, as on earth as it is in heaven. But they're actually implying that what it, when, when it is built here, it is also built in the other dimension. So if yeah. you if you fit a certain <laughs> a certain configuration, you're actually say 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 Jay Rogan, right? Jay Rogan on his DMT trip, he goes in and he goes, "Man, I, I saw this crystal palace," right? And he comes back, he's like, "You know, like that that is that is Solomon's temple." Do you understand what I mean? Like that's that's the concept that they're trying to tell within within through like throughout the occult. The idea is that you can manipulate heaven, use use the powers of heaven to bring back here. You know, the, the deal with magic and and the magi and 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 the ancient Egyptians doing what they did was under the idea that this is what their their abilities are. So in some well, way, they kind of proved that with the kind of stones that they moved, they were definitely doing something, which is which is you know. Und, un, un, undeniable. I mean, they moved them and put them there on purpose, almost like a message. And I left yeah. it there to say, look, 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 look what we can do, you know? Hmm. As if, like, well, a, those, um, yeah. Go back to yeah. the, those pillars there where the, um, the Romans built. Is that one solid structure or is that in half? Uh, the pillars, no, the pillars, yeah, no, they stack they're them. They're solid, right? but so they're limestone, I think. I, yeah. Oh, no, no, maybe well, they're no, there's, 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 there's stacks there, I think. Yeah, because the one in the middle so, looks like it's a bit of a. Yeah, there's some on the ground here. Where are we? Yeah, you can sort of see them there, right? So one, yeah, two, yeah. three, four. So they're sort of built in four oh, pieces. Sure, I thought they were solid. Maybe they are still. But even yeah. even that, there right? is some so granite I mean, ones there. But yeah, yeah, there is granite that, ones yeah, there. Stacked. But what about? They're about two um, meters in diameter. Yeah, eighteen how meters, twenty meters tall. So how do you yeah. put this one on, boys? How do you put this one? Look, forget about the big stones here. How do you put this one on, boys? Yeah. Right. How do you put the capstone on the top there? Okay. Um, what's the, uh, think the, talking about the Greeks, what's the, um, oh, what's the temple there? Oh, no. Athena. No. Olympus. The, the, Olymp- the one that's on the mount, the temple on the mount. Olympia. Olympia? Oh, Olympus. You know, Olympus, yeah. Olympus is Yeah, Mount one. Olympus. Oh, yeah, but it's the. Necro, Necro, Necro. <coughs> no. Oh, no. I'm in trouble. <clears throat> uh, so that's end, Necro. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Anyway, the 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 top piece that goes across the front that's still there is one single piece, and they don't know how they put that up there. You know, they've got the pillars, and it's got that triangle shaped piece on the top. That's one single piece, and no one yep. knows how they put it there, right? I mean, that's that's just another yeah. thing. How do, when we talk about tech, we don't understand. You know, like be, the other problem we have too, Anthony, with with the modern. Um, well, there's a better photo. There's another guy. Look at that. Gives you a bit yeah, of an massive. understanding. Right? And see, I would probably say, look, Grubb's right, though, as well. The the Temple of Bacchus or the, has been the scene of many wars as well. Right? So yeah. you think the Middle East came through and took it over. And I mean, the problem is, too, mate, is how old is this thing? 
you know, what do you even? They say they wanna... say Rome, but that's that, that's what I was saying before. It says, yeah, Alexander well, the was... Great said that he mentioned that he's, he, he he apparently got into a hill there and he looked over the top and he actually allowed the Persians to actually keep that particular piece of land. They didn't yeah, intervene. Keep the temple, yeah, yeah. Keep the and temple. then. But they never mention the temple. He does mention that he looked down on a particular place mm. and he knew that it was a powerful place and he said, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm not going to fuck with that. I'm, I'm going to leave that. But, but that's again, all history is written by the victor. I mean, how many filters yeah, did that yeah. pass through before it came, before they <laughs> yeah, said, mm. you know, like, and, you know, we... we we'll see, what you, were they all referring to? What, 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 what is it that they're trying to... Like we're talking about before with the uh, the ether, right? All this this uh, time space, this wall, this 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 barrier between us and the stillness of the ether. Well, whatever whatever it is, everything's being sucked into something, right? Mm-hmm. So if if they're using this tech, and it's not what we're using now, it looked like Tesla was he he was very close to like nailing it, but they. People, for some reason, said, no, we can't mess with that tech. Now, is that because there is a more of a, a, a senior uh, um, initiator group that actually understand if you use that tech, it is possible to, say, open a black hole in the middle of uh, Sydney and destroy the solar system? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, obviously, those pyramids, they did something and then they blew up or they had this tech and they've all one of these previous civilizations somewhere well i mean utilize this technology but for some reason it was it was maybe it was destructive or it was you know, too close yeah, just, to what we now perceive to be god you know is it is it mm. is it messing with god's creation you know yeah you know why would it now be if if this is the because i mean if if you think about a lot of the tech there is no moving parts that we can see in egypt so the objects that looks like they've been using as as uh Machinery in some type were static. They they didn't move. They didn't rotate. They didn't oscillate. They didn't they didn't do anything. They were just built as a structure, and the structure itself did its job, almost like mm. a capacitor. If you if you mm. were able to say stick one of the capacitor into the earth, and the other one you get it. If you get it over like ten to thirty meters or something, you'll start to get a charge. It'll just eventually build up a charge in the capacitor. So there is static objects that are able to mess somehow with the electric field or well, you know, the, the, what is, the electric what is universe. It, what, is, what is a granite obelisk? It's essentially a receiver is what it is, okay? Um, and this is when we talk about some of the interesting stuff out of Egypt. Do you want to just share that screen again, Anthony? I've just brought up something there. Uh, yep. And I'll mate in the comments, yes, it is the Parthenon. Thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate that. And, yeah, in – I, I thought the story was the Trojans, or well, the Greeks did the Trojans, what was left of the Trojans became the Romans, and then they went back and took everything as well. But you can't leave out the Sumerians and the, the Persians, the Babylonians, right? And many of these ancient civilizations, and definitely the Phoenicians, they were definitely a, uh, you know, saying the Phoenicians took from the sea people, yeah. I mean, you talk about Egypt, there's, I can't remember the dates now, but there's a... a a period for like three generations where these, these random people would come from the sea and just mess with them, right? And they didn't know who they were. Um, but can you guys see, so you can see the, the, this is the classic, 
hieroglyph that shows the UFOs and stuff on the right-hand side there, okay? Now, the reason I got this picture is because it shows – because obviously when I had Muhammad on the podcast and I want to believe, one of the first things I asked him was about this, right? And he's saying they are absolutely genuine. No one is not real sure what they mean. I mean, it looks for all money like a helicopter, a a, a tank or a, or a boat and a flying ship, right? That's what it mm. looks like. In, in our mechanical understanding, that's what it looks like to us for sure. Um, and they are 100% genuine. And the reason I show this photo, and I'll back out of it a bit, is you can see there was a covering over these hieroglyphs, right? This was This temple was taken by somebody else and they had like a, um, a slab over these hieroglyphs and then it was an earthquake or they moved something or something happened and this literally just fell away. Uh, and for many, many years you, were, you weren't allowed to see these ones but you can see them in the flesh now. Yeah, I mean, right. I did um, see, if, if you can zoom in there, just underneath the helicopter there, they're yeah, supposed like, to say, you can see there's like three lines. Yeah. Vertical lines. And if you go beneath that, there's another three lines. And if you go just to the right of that, there's another three lines. So those three groups of three lines is known as the nine arrows. And they're supposed to be the enemies of Egypt. So if you can see that there's another line, it looks like uh, three humps almost. Mm-hmm. That means uh, um, if you think they're like the Hyksos, the hookah shit. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to mean the other lands. So they 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 say that they were filled in and said that was a they, at one stage it said that the the nine arrows or the nine that the, the nine bows, and then they filled that in and carved that other horizontal glyph over the top. So that was their evidence to say that that was recarved and then refilled in. Mm. Yeah, that I'll was uh, the the archaeologists' uh, idea. Yeah. That's that's what they're they're conclusion is, is from that yeah and they, they, that's sort of echoed by the guy in the comments yeah is it they're written over it right that that is true that is the current academic position it's also the current academic position that multiple chambers don't exist under the sphinx but we all, everybody knows that's not true mm. either yeah no that's you know, yeah even even um um what's his name aziz whatever his name is <laughs> he proved it too the guy that's oh, trying, yeah. trying to hide everything what's his name no oh, bloody he was zahi there, or us yeah, Zahi that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alas, cool yeah. fella, but he actually has photos of him actually climbing into those um, those tunnels. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, already been in there. He's already <laughs> been in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's what's the like, reference uh, of the bug? The, the scarab beetle. The insect is it a scarab? It doesn't look like a scarab. No, that's a wasp. Like a wasp. It's, uh, it's, okay. it's either a bee or a wasp, and so the the bees, obviously, the queen bee, and the 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 whole idea of the, the queen bee being different genetically as well from the other bees. The idea, though, as a wasp is is you need a wasp to actually pollinate a fig, and the way it goes into the flower. But a fig flower is actually, say, a uh, goes back to the magnetism. the The fig is an inside flower; it's it's inside out. Mm. So it's That's like true, reversing. Yeah. It's reversing nature. So in the I mean, laws this is some of, sort like, of seal law. here too on the left, isn't it, Grub? Because it see this has got the the, the rim around it. Isn't that, that I mean, yeah? That's Ram- some sort of seal in there. I can't look. Is it Ramses? Yeah, you see the Ramses. yeah Ramesses. Yeah, you can tell yeah, by the jackal. The, the, yeah, the jackal yeah. in the, in the I corner. I think that was someone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the sun, the big sun glyph, being it's a boy. Mm. <laughs> mm. But yeah, yeah, Ramesses. But I think there's another one written on there. I think it was Seti. His, his son, I think, was supposed to be written over. His son fucking took mm. it over. Was it Seti? Something. Like 
But yeah, I mean, setting, uh, look, yeah. the, the thing is with this stuff, mate, is it? I mean, where? Do, I mean, we've sort of been bouncing around like a pinball machine, sort of here, Anthony. Did you have any specific questions or any specific things where you wanted to go? Um, I mean, really, man, because we just wherever it goes, it goes, mate. That's and this is um, the thing. It, it's so it just it can go anywhere. It, it can go anywhere. I mean, you know, there's a lot of these stories. Uh, oh, we've been reading Earth's Forbidden Secrets on the podcast, and a couple of episodes ago was Ancient Flight, and we had the uh, we talked about the Vimana, and a lot of people don't understand that the 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 books that they the books that they found about the Vimana. My interpretation of Max's interpretation and a bit of research since I've done since then was they the, what they found for the Vimana sounds like a flight manual, right? It sounds like if you know if us three are fighter pilots back in India back in the day, you get given a flight manual, right? Because these books go into like different uh, variations of vehicle, the performance statistics, the fueling, the it looks like an educational book that they've found, right? I mean, and, and they're talking about nuclear war in the sky, right? You could have it. We could start a discussion about the the trinitite, the nuclear glass that is found in random spots all over the globe. And the only reason we know it, we call it trinitite or nuclear glass is because we know that it gets created after uh, a nuclear blast, right? Yeah. I mean, and this is in the middle of the nowhere, you know, like what are we talking about there, right? Is that evidence of tech? Is that evidence of meteorite impact? Is it D or the above? Is it from the sun? Is it from the sun? I mean, the other thing is too, Anthony, when we talked about magnetic fields, what's the sun doing, right? You know what I mean? Like what? how is that changing, you know? Look, here we go. Here we go. This is, this is, this is the concept I was thinking about. If we're, if we're still directly under the influence of the sun, right, pretty much the, the, the entire rotation, magnetic field, our climate, everything, right, our existence is from the sun, right? Does that not mean, like, have you ever heard of the Oort cloud? The Oort cloud is about a 50,000 AU, so it's 50,000 astronomical unit sphere that's around our, fun, our, around our sun. And that's supposed to be the extreme limit of the influence of the sun, right? So that's supposedly where a lot of the, the larger ice comets come from, the larger comets. They get disturbed and then they sink and they fall down the, uh, say, the north or south pole of, of the sun, like a... Mm. Almost yeah, got, like falling get, down shot the out of the eye of a, yeah, shot out yeah, of the yeah. Yeah. yeah, they fall like a what do you call it? like a, like a hurricane. So they they come from there and they'll, they'll they'll circle up and they'll fall through, right? And they'll circle down. But this Oort cloud is the outer influence of the sun. So once you're outside of that, you're outside of the sun. We are one astrical unit, mm. one distance between the sun and the earth is one AU, right? Mm. This Oort cloud is fifty thousand. So we are literally. From a distance, we are quite literally within the sun. If you go outside of our light spectrum, infrared, for instance, Mm. it would look as if we're in the sun, (laughs) if you know what I mean. So that the the fields, if 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 this invisible world, this world that we can see, the 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 light frequencies that we can see, is one one fall of one wavelength across the entire spectrum. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If 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 you go from that, say, that perspective, say, like, a, okay, I mean, light frequencies, um, I can't remember how many hertz full lights, like terahertz or something. Well, it's only, we can only see less than 1% of what's going That's on right. around us anyway. That's right. right. Like the hertz that we, the hertz that we can see, even the, like, yeah, it's 713 to something, something like that. I can't remember. Don't quote us. However, it, uh, you know, we talk about, but you notice, you, you notice though, that there's no, uh, um, we, we, we don't see repeating colors as in, in a wavelength. We only see from say the blue spectrum to the red spectrum. There's no, re- they, we, we can see, uh, the shade difference in it, but normally mm-hmm. once you go past a certain frequency, you're out of that, that's that spectrum completely. Mm. So what I'm saying is we only see one full. So we see the descent. So hang on. <laughs> it's complicated, right? It's tricky, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we've got yeah. light, we've got, we've got transverse waves and then we've got longitudinal waves, right? So the transverse, transversal wave is time. So each cycle that we, that, that we go through or each cycle that the light wavelength goes at, that is time as it goes up and down, up and down, up and down. The longitudinal wavelength is if you smack that wavelength transversely, right? So it's it's this is this is this is going into Tesla's uh, scalar waves and the way that UFOs you might see them bounce around in the sky. They will go left, right, left, right, left, right. Yep. Tesla's Tesla's scalar wave was not a transverse electromagnetic wave. 
it was a longitudinal slap of pressure, almost like infrasound. Hmm. Right. So what he would do is is choose a particular length or a position. He'd, he'd use his laser, and it was as if he was like slapping the ether between that wavelength. And then, quite literally, this is this is how uh, this is why this is why I'm starting to understand why there's no particles because. It, in the idea of this, it's all fields. Everything is fields. Even if you go down to the smallest atom, you get a hydrogen atom and you look in there and they say it's 99% nothing. It's space. It's not. It's 99% magnetic fields, magnetic fields and oscillations. Hmm. It's just we don't see them. I um, think, yeah, yeah. Well, what Grub is talking about here is the ether, okay? Now, you want to go back for a it's second. how it's not it's it's not actually electrical at all it's uh you have an up and down wavelength and then you sink it you drop it and it's it's such a negative drop that you actually start to send a a a shock wave through the uh the radiant energy around you basically is what tesla was referring to and he would actually send the radiant energy around us or the ether he would start to give that inertia and he would start to spin it but around it and around the room, nothing moves. There's nothing happening. But the ether or the occult, you would say, the other side of the veil, he's churning up a storm like a cyclone. And that's where uh, you, could, you could open up the other side of the cyclone, which we don't witness, which is similar to what uh, um, Anthony had on his, on his show with uh, – um, Oh, I forgot his name from um, – oh, you had your podcast today. You dropped it. Oh, Cade there. Yep. Cade, that's it. Yeah, Cade. Yeah, he was, he was saying how, how the uh, FBI or the um, – uh, there was someone on another show that was saying that maybe it's like a puppet, right? So they, they, the UFO is like a puppet, but the strings – the string is invisible. It's in another dimension. You can't see it. This is this is this is the whole idea exactly the same way that Tesla's scalar waves would work. Is that his his hands that was clapping the ether at a certain you know however many kilometers apart, he would clap he would clap the ether and squeeze it, and he would actually find that his his machines and his generators and his things that he would have would actually gain energy from this because he's actually squeezing the ether, which is basically the puppet's hands that you can't see. It's in the, the field realms. It's in the realms of, of the fields, basically. You can't see it. Is, yeah. And this is this so is this is this is the propulsion that you're claiming, is that right? Yeah. This is this is one of the ways. Yeah. This is this is easy. One of the proven ways. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I suppose that look, me and Grub are, are deep into into this research, right? And <laughs> yeah. that that <laughs> I understood what Grub just said, but I'm not too sure. How many of the listeners would understand what Grub just said? I'm just like, I've like, got no idea where we're going with this. Hey, it's hard, eh? Let me, let me, see let me, if Chief can do it. Let me back out. Let, let's back out. <laughs> let's back out of the – because the thing, without diagrams, it's very difficult to try and explain. Okay. Yeah. So let's back out for a second. And you want to talk about ancient civilizations. I mean, if I look up, I'm looking right now at a pentacle that's on the door of the studio. Okay. It's one of those rainbow reflective window stickers, you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. and the pentacle is obviously the five-pointed star. Now, depending on your religious beliefs, you would see that as negative. It's, it's actually a symbol of protection, okay? And it's a symbol of protection and, and magic. And when I say magic, I say magic with a K. Uh, and it represents the five elements, right, which is earth, air, fire, water, ether, okay? Now, the ether is the space between spaces, okay? So everything that we are doing right now, I mean, the, the, so some people would have said, oh, particles don't exist. Okay. For the Western scientific mind, because we've been so told so much particles do exist, then explain to me just for a second how, Anthony, you're in the middle of Queensland. I'm a little bit, I'm about 500 k's east of you. Grub's about 700 k's south east of us, right, yep. or southwest of us. How are we all speaking at the same time if there's particles flowing through the air? Okay, how is that happening instantaneously, right? And if it's not a particle, it's a what wave. Is it? It's a wave. And right? if it's so a wave, yeah. what's waving? <laughs> yeah. If it's a wave, where is that wave existing inside of? Okay. So if we talk about the ether, we talk about this technology, and we talk about understanding the ether and this technology. In order to truly and and look, as I say, ancient religions. And ether is the is the point, by the way. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's ether the very top the of the pyramid. Yeah. It's, it's invisible. Okay. The all-seeing eye that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, right. So, the only way that you're going to even begin to contemplate understanding the ether and understanding how to move a 900-ton stone or how to manipulate this force field, whatever it is, is by knowing that it is there, but it isn't there. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so when I say science and spirituality were one, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. I mean, if you get through to quantum mechanics now, okay. One of the thoughts I had, boys, um, over an hour ago when we started, <laughs> I'll bring it up now, was the more that our technology advances, the more we understand the things that don't exist. You know what I mean? So if we are to believe all the calculations and all the discoveries that are coming out of somewhere like the Great Pyramid, right, if you multiply its base and all these sorts of things, okay, the only way we know that is because we have the technology to know that. But someone in the past imprinted not only the Great Pyramids of Giza, but like we said, all these monuments are pointed to different stars. They align to the, the sun, the moon, the equinox, This is a representative of something, okay? Why is it, you know, just for the, I mean, these are potential megalithic civilizations. Let me run through it for you. I mean, I, I, won't, I won't make you share it, no, but no. I'll, take a deep, I'll take a deep breath, right, just so we understand about no well, megalithic we... sites, okay? <coughs> this is, this is that they're, they're all on. And all these would be on magnetic are, lines or energy yeah. points, okay? So or, let's or, just run. Or, or at least, at least where directly, directly beneath their feet, there, there would be alignments some... of the, the the sun and the moon and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you would find them that they would have to be within the uh, the tropics of Cancer and Capricorn, mm-hmm. and the 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 directions of them. So they can't. They, you you won't. I I don't believe that you'll find many outside of those two zones. 
unless no. the earth has tilted, moved out of mm. like totally, but they should still be within those two bands specifically mm. because of that, the directions of the sun and the moon. Absolutely. And all mate in the comments is right. It is light, but the light is moving through the ether, right? This yeah. Is, what, is what, what is, what is, what, what, what is the, what, if, if light is a wave, what is the wave perturbating within? Hmm. And the other thing, the, the, the other thing, I'm sorry, the other thing yeah. I'm going to say is, son, as light travels, it goes through glass, it slows down, right? So mm-hmm. as the conservation of energy, it also bends, but as it leaves the glass, it also speeds back up to its original velocity, mm. which breaks the laws of inertia, which means it's not a particle. Mm. So how is it, unless the person who figured this out, I think his name was Heaviside, actually said that it is not the speed of a particle or speed of light or a photon. It is the rate of induction upon the ether. Mm. Yeah, so it's a perturbation modation. Yeah. Uh, and if you can match the vibration with the wave through the ether, then the glass doesn't exist. Nothing exists. And that's, that's why exactly these tic- right. that, that's, that's why, why it these... disappears. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's, that's why the tic tacs will disappear. Right. Um, Proven, actually seen and witnessed mm. in a in a lab, mm. where they vibrate, they vibrated something, and it just be. We'll, we'll get to Otis later. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to Otis later. <laughs> we'll get there. Just, I mean, <laughs> the known megalithic sites, right? That had some understanding of what we're talking about right now, in order to do that. Okay, yep. um, I'll take a deep breath. You ready? Egypt, Ethiopia, India, Indonesia, Israel, Japan, Laos, Lebanon, Micronesia, South Korea, Syria, Tonga, Turkey, England, France, Germany, Spain, Bahamas, Costa Rica, Cuba, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, United States, Bolivia, Chile, Colombia, Peru, Greece, Ireland, Malta, Netherlands, Russia, Scotland, Australia. Add Germany onto that list as well. Okay. It's literally a global phenomenon, right? The And now these aren't the, – all these sites aren't as – um, detailed as some, okay? Obviously, the stuff in South America is a lot more impressive than some. But you've got to understand that a lot of this stuff was destroyed as well, okay? I mean, yep. the, the so, but to understand the ether is to understand how, I think, I mean, how do you manipulate 900-ton stones, right? So, I mean, you, you look at those scoop marks, okay? So, before we get to flying craft, you know, the me and myself and Grub and Angus, we've been talking about the ether gun, right? That's that's basically what's cutting the stone, right? Whatever it is, whether it's magnetic, dielectric fields, or um, it disturbs the stone, because there's obviously a vibration within the stone as well, right? Okay, so well, there, there you go. You Light, <laughs> sound, sound travels faster through a solid object than it does through the air. So yeah. the, the, the induction of the sound wave through, through say, glass could exceed the sound barrier as we know it within our atmosphere. Mm. Yeah. It's just the, the, so, the okay, comment so there. Okay, so going on that, though, so going by as using sound to go and go cut these monoliths or whatever, mm-hmm. now we know that sound travels in a wave. How does the structures not get uh, afflicted or, you know, cracked by the waves travelling through this? Like, how is it so accurate to keep a straight sound wave? Or beam, I should say. No, there you go. That's a good question. The, I mean, we ultimately don't have these answers, but explain to me what else it is, right? You know, like this is the, in order to make those marks, in order to, I mean, if you're going to melt stone, 
which is basically what you see in a lot of Peru and stuff like that, where the edges of the stone look like it's been melted, right? So if you if you're cutting it with our sound ether gun, okay, and to put it in a mechanical sense, Anthony, it'd just be a dial, turn it up or down. Right, it's only it actually, actually be more microwave. It'd be almost yeah. like a like a, a radiation, which literally disintegrates things. <laughs> yeah, and actually, yeah, they it breaks used, the bonds they, between things. They use plasma MIT, and again, as technology evolves, right? In MIT in Boston, they used a plasma gun to melt granite. Right, I think granite melts at two thousand something degrees Celsius, two thousand sixty three. Yep. Don't quote me, but I think that's pretty close. Um, so you're essentially making this stone malleable, right? You're, you're taking one of the hardest substances that we understand and you're making it malleable, right? Um, I mean, the other thing when we talk about comms and we talk about this sort of stuff, I'm sort of looking at the fiber optic and the ethernet and the glass, right? It's all crystal too, boys. You know what I mean? This is everything that joins us together. It's also crystal, right? It's fiber optic is silica, silica is crystal, blah, 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 right? You're looking at me through an LCD screen. Your phone has a yeah, course There's plenty of crystal and granite too. Yeah, exactly. Great. The, the, the rose granite has a very thick band of quartz crystal. And also, some of these things too, the, the, the granites that they actually chose were so deep under the ground to get these massive pieces. And when, when they did raise them out of the ground or at least remove the material on top, the pressures had changed. So uh, all of a sudden, the, these stones that are removing and then standing up are under tremendous amount of pressure within themselves. So the physeoelectric, uh, physeoelectric uh, ability in it is slowly releasing once it's lifted to, to the ground level, or at least once the pressure has been removed from it out of the ground. Yeah. There's going to be a change in pressures, and, and suddenly these crystals are slowly releasing this 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 static charge that they've got within them or this, you know, phytoelectric charge. Hmm. And this is the question, right? This is the question when we talk about ancient tech, how did they do this? What are they doing? What we see, you know, in the big megalithic sites, so the ones, some of the ones that I just mentioned, the sites there, one of the things that we see missing is, look, there's no other real way to put it, but the control stone or the power crystal or whatever you want to say, Right. There's something missing from these sites that harnessed the ether, right? That harnessed whatever it is that we're talking about here. Um, you know, and we can't – and as these guys had an understanding that we just don't. Well, right? this, we this, just don't. This, is the, this is the thing, the idea, the idea of, of actually harnessing the ether or controlling it like, a, like man. I mean, in, in the way that – I can kind of understand it now through there's a guy called Ken Wheeler. He's fucking genius. Hey, he's rude, rude, rude as fuck. Hey? He's, annoying. But he's very annoying, but he's, he's a genius. The dude drops these little hints that you just, well, holy shit. But, uh, his idea of just, it's, it's magnetism, right? So <laughs> the, um, Oh shit. I forgot what I was going to say then. Magnets. Uh, Magnets. Well, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, sorry. That's right. Yeah. The, the very center of any magnet, you get the most powerful magnet in the world, right? And you get a Gauss meter to read the 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 power of the you know the the magnetic fields, and you 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 put that magnet. If you could get it into the center of the magnet, there is no magnetic field. So in the very middle of the magnet is opening a vortex, 
it creates a there is nothing hyperboloid. So it's like a tornado, but with a mating tornado beneath it. Hmm. So there's so just, this, there's this vortex, but within that, right, is what is is the ether. That's that's where it sits. And the mm-hmm. point is with that though is it's nothing. It's empty. It's a gateway. So it's a portal. It's Babylon, which means the gateway to the gods. So, so maybe you know, instead the, of the, the idea of harnessing it within ancient record, there is ideas of actually doing this and actually going through with the understanding of the natural law of what the ether would be, would be actual, you would have to open a portal or somehow part a, a gap in our space to then enter this other, this, you know, enter the veil as, as I would say. So okay, like, like so, you're saying, it's all there. Yeah. So, so let's put this into perspective for the listeners. Okay. So the most basic round, what the fridge, fridge magnet that's on your fridge right now. Okay has that, that what, what Grub's talking about. So you can expand it using magnets. But tell me, what does a cyclone look like? It's a massive a spinning ball, ball of energy with what in the middle? Nothing, right? Pretty much, yeah. What does a galaxy um, look like, right? Same thing. Same thing. It's a big spinning thing with nothing in the middle, right? When we see, you know, and if you, if you think the idea of the, the nucleus and the particles, it's the opposite of that. The particles in the middle or whatever it is, right? The, 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 the bond is in the middle and around it is nothing. So that's the opposite. That's the reverse, right? And maybe that's the reason they knit together. Oh, this is a thought process right now. That's how they knit together. That's how something becomes solid, right? Because the the empty and the unempty meet, right? And then that yeah, yeah, that's, creates yeah. matter. Yeah, okay? I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 That that you can, just came to we right we there. we can't yeah we can't from 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 our perspective from 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 the human eye we can't mm. see the fields but we can mm. see the plane of inertia say which is again the plane of inertia is in it's in every magnet and it's actually the the source of the north and south pole of a magnet because no magnet actually has a north and south pole. Mm. It's actually. North, if, if you think about the Earth, the North Pole is the South Pole, and the South Pole is the North Pole. Because there, 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 there is a reciprocation order detect, happening. In order to detect yeah. it, you must have the opposite thing. So whatever they're detecting at the North is actually South. Whatever they're detecting at the South, it, is it's, actually it, it's actually flowing South. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, that's incredible. It's actually reciprocating. It, it's, yeah. It, it's a, yeah. So with with the idea that if if you get a magnet and shatter it every single piece of that magnet that you just broke has a new North and South pole. Yeah. So all, you, all, you can't separate the two. Itself, yeah. Exactly. You can't separate the two. So if mm. you were ever able to separate the North and South pole from each other in a conceptual sense, that is you opening a void to the ether or at least settling the ether between the two worlds, the, the, which is this void, which is the propulsion, mate. You know, when we ask the question yeah, about what the yeah. propulsion is of these crafts, this is what we're talking about. They are. This is what they ride in. Yeah, yeah. they're manipulating the ether. They're riding the ether. Okay, Which, because if you're making you a hole like in a, space, like a mirror universe. Yeah, yeah. If you're making a hole in space and time, material doesn't matter, right? I mean, you know, there's there's the the two cool videos that I, you know, there's the one. I haven't been able to pull it up, and that what that half makes me believe that there was a guy with a drone who was test driving his drone over a canyon and picked up a tic-tac flying into a mountain and it just disappeared into the mountain, right? And you hear all the stories of the Navy pilots of the tic-tacs just shooting into the ocean, 
right? The, the material existence doesn't matter to them. And it doesn't matter because these craft, whatever they are, they are manipulating the ether. They are anti-gravity. They are the space between spaces. Okay. You know, and we, and, you know. It's, 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 it's how to do that. How to, how to actually, mm. um, which is, which is what, what the trick is. And that's, that's what kind of, if, if you go into what Nikola Tesla was doing, it, it, he was actually, when, when he would say, Say, for instance, when, when he made his AC generator, what they would do when they go into the office as they're perfecting their AC generator, which what we use today, even with nuclear generation, right? mm-hmm. we, we just the nuclear power plants are just giant kettles. We make steam out of it and then we get that to turn the turbine. That's it. And the turbine... Giant is, kettles are like. <laughs> it's pretty well. So inefficient, isn't it? You've got, you've got a North Pole and a South Pole, and they send a current through that. So instead of having a magnetic field on the outside of the object, they have two flat surfaces with a void in between the two, or space. Mm-hmm. So the magnetic field is now flowing in a straight line. They then get a, a copper cable in that, right, that loops down and then comes back to itself. And as you rotate that, you get your North and South Pole. So they're actually churning the magnetic field. Mm. So when they would go into the office, they say that we were churning the ether. So what they were doing by what, what, what a magnetic field is, is exactly the same as the difference between, say, like the, the, the difference between a magnet before it's magnetized and a magnet after it's magnetized is the same concept between a 5-watt light bulb, which you can't even read under, compared to a 5-watt laser, which will burn a hole in your ass. So one of them is radiant, incoherent light. The other one is point source light. Hmm. So if you magnetize something or if you send electrical charge through something, you need to make all the particles and all the molecules within that. You need them not physically, but you need to get their fields and their magnetic or, or their, their you know, quote-unquote electron. You need to get them to run and rotate coherently with each other. Hmm. And that and this, opens up the vortex for the electricity to, to, to flow through. Now you can hmm. spin copper all you want, but if you spin copper within a magnetic field, you will get an electrical charge. Yeah, you get charge, yeah. Now, the thing is, though, is the electrical charge is just all it is is a disturbance of the ether creating an induction at a certain modality creating an electric current or a volt or a watt. Hmm. So what, what even, even I think it was, it was either the volt or the watt, like the person who discovered it and then measured it and then made it a unit of measure actually said that it is not a particle. It is a rate of induction in a certain modality of the ether Mm -hmm. and that, and that the, uh, the, this other dude was calling the AC generator. It's just an arc form or it's just an archetype. It's just an archetype of geometry, which is called the right-hand rule. That's it. Now, the right-hand rule, mag- magnetic field of the Earth even affects the cosmic rays when they come in and hit us. They instantly, as soon as they hit a magnetic field, they'll instantly turn to the right. They'll spin to the right if they're a positive, spin to the left if they're a negative. But the negative, just exactly the same way as Venus, it's upside down and rotates the opposite way. Right, but if we turn the galaxy up there, or the solar system the other way, you'll notice that suddenly Venus turns the right way again. 
but everything else turns a negative. So that's what your negative charge is. And Earth turning the way that we turn, we are the positive charge. Yeah, because we rotate right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but there's actually no physical difference between the two of us. But like like Triffin was saying, back onto this, is that from our eyesight looking outwards, we don't see the fields, we only see the matter. But if you go from the opposite and you look the other way and you go down, you look down at a particle, you realize that there is no particle at all. It's just a field. And like what Chief was saying, exactly, you've got to mate those two together to understand that that is the reality around us. You you can look at trees and see the way that they grow and they're almost like growing like an upside-down lightning bolt. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you – and the thing is too, as within, so without, you want to talk about a tree, the tree – is it looks exactly like the the root system of a tree looks exactly like the veins that exist within us. You know what I mean? Like you talk about the tree of life and you match it to the human. It's as within, so without. This thing repeats itself, repeats itself, repeats itself, up and down the up and down the spectrum, whether it be materialistically or not materialistically. But I think from a physical manifestation of, uh, say, a UFO or a UAP, the best one to think about is the is Otis Carr um, I'm interested to hear if you know anything about Otis Carr Anthony, do you know anything about Not Otis really. Carr? Not really, I can't really think of him at the moment off the top of my head of who he is, I might have seen him somewhere I'm just going to look at him oh, I never heard of him until I fucking heard of Triffin too So, and yeah. I'm locking the code I have to say, I have to say. <laughs> So what happened <laughs> long story short was I went looking at Nikola Tesla and I found Otis Carr and I couldn't um Leave it alone, basically. Is it um, Otis T. Car? Otis T. Car, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Now, just let me share screen again, because because uh, this is this is this is the uh, this is the juicy stuff that your listeners want to have a think about. Um, so I'm just going to leave that there because this is a range of blueprints and. There is. Yeah, yeah, actually registered patent blueprints for a flying saucer. Yeah, look at this. The di- the big news is space, and leading the way into space is the OTC X1. So if you go back to the early 1950s, anti-gravity tech is the next big thing, okay? And then in about 1954... Pretty much, I think, just after Otis Carr flew his UAP, <laughs> nothing, nothing. You don't see and hear or see nothing about anti-gravity technology. Now, anti-gravity tech, the OTC X1, Otis Carr, I did, there's like literally, I don't even know, I think there's eight or nine hours of Otis Carr stuff on Unlocking the Code, so look in the back catalogue for that. I'm, we're, not, you know, we're already an hour and a half in. I'm not going to go into yep. that right now. Um, but we go in depth into Otis. Long story short, he was a protege of Nikola Tesla. And Tesla, and he already had some of these ideas, but it, Tesla gave him the, uh, I think this might be them there. These things here, right? See these things here? These things in yep. the corner here? These are neutrons, <laughs> uh, or orgone accumulators, okay? Um, I mean, these are literal blueprints for a UFO. Okay, we can see them here. Here's the utrons. Actually, you see the top, that, that one you zoomed in now. If you go up to the top right-hand corner. Oh, that's that there, one there. Yeah, if you can there. zoom in that, that one there, that's that's the, uh, that's his, he actually removed it from the device for the mm. patents because it broke two laws of physics. 
Yeah. Um, we, we don't know what the utrons are. The problem is because he left them out of all his patents because they don't – no one really wanted to well, – I, I actually yeah, – well, I, I think I might have figured it out, but actually it's written in that top top part there if you look at that yeah. that one there. That, that coil there you see in front of you, that pancake coil. Mm-hmm. This, that, one here, what, this one here. Yeah, what he's done is that pancake coil – the center of the pancake, like the smaller diameter, is the top of the utron, which is what you can see below that square. If you notice the square, you, if you look at it square on, or as you can see there, it's a square with a line, a diagonal line. Now, if you then turn that and look down one of the points, uh, that's at um, the top. What it's at about two o'clock. If you look down that, it's actually a circle. So he squared the circle in a geometric sense, in a 3D geometric sense. And then he made that coil. It's a coil. It's actually two coils mating in the middle. The coils are these pancake coils, which is just up to in, in, in the in the center there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these pancake coils, they're, they're called bifiler coils. And it's and it doesn't run a lot on electricity. It uses electricity, but it's not the electricity that they're after. As the electricity funnels in, he's got the negative and the positive both running the same way. You, you, Pete, the, the, you'll have to look it up yourself. It's called a bifiler coil. It's two wires rolling the same way, right? It's sort and, of. It's here. It's here, right? You can sort of see it in here. This is. That's probably the easiest way. In, in the inside. Let me try and speak some English here, Grub. <laughs> <laughs> it runs it's on so, dielectric rather than yeah, the magnetic. Dielectric, yeah, dielectric and magnetic fields. But basically, you've got two counter-rotating sets of magnets with these utrons in the middle. And you can see here, what does that say? Disintegration or something like that, right? It's creating a bubble. Disintegration. The disintegration is creating and then a bubble. Integration in the middle. Yeah. yeah. It's creating a bubble in the ether, right? And it's these, this happen, this is real stuff, okay? Um, there's a couple of guys on YouTube. As I say, if everyone could jump into our Telegram chat, you'd see some crazy stuff. We've been sharing all sorts of crazy videos where they're proving all of this stuff, okay? Uh, and with the right 3D printer, we could actually start printing one of these, Anthony, right? You want to do like Encounters Down Under, mate? We could make our Actually, fuck it, mate. Actually, actually a, there's a guy. Get it crowdfunded. Yeah, yeah there is, there is a guy one, at the right? moment down, down near where uh, um, that dude that keeps seeing UFOs everywhere that follows him. Um, you're talking about um, Damien Knott? Yeah, I, th- I think in, in Danny Do yep, and yeah, somewhere Danny, else, there was some people actually making this device. Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Could, well, I'm surprised. Like, if this is they may have already made it internet. and he's looking at it. Like, so. Yeah. But I'm surprised. Like, this is out on the internet. Like, sure, there's some smart ass out there that can already create these and sort of like kept building these sort of things. Like, it's not secret information like the only thing the only thing that they don't understand though which is only just coming out now is the understanding of what magnetism and gravity is and understanding yeah, that they're actually the same thing yeah what what actually i mean the the two questions if you dig through otis's work and i have at length there's two questions right question number one is 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 i mean i know look that gives us a bit of a mechanical understanding of what a neutron is here in the top right hand corner yep. but that it's not much lighting and then making and making <laughs> that happen are two or six entirely different yeah. things. Yeah, because, because the other the two issues that are that that mean Grub and Angus see actually is basically uh, 
is number one, what is a neutron and how does it accumulate orgone or the ether and how does it direct it, okay? And then number two is the control module, right? And if you look into his all his patents, and I've got all of them, I've got, I found all of his patents and all these blueprints and all this sort of stuff, there's nothing about that, right? But then he wrote this esoteric um, thing called A Message to the 20th Century, um, which we read on the podcast, Um yeah, I mean, this is there's Otis himself. He's a bit of an odd guy. There's a neutron, okay? So that he's holding in his hand a neutron. Whatever that thing is, whatever's inside that, and whatever it is, and if it, once you get it, spinning, and it's spun, it's spun. It, it, yeah. Once it spins, it creates a hole. That or many of those things, right? So if you see there, they're all. He's got. He's got six. Yeah, if, if you notice on, on one of right, Nikola one, Tesla's, two, three, uh, four, five. So there's six in there. That spins and it creates a hole in the ether somehow. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's it's like if I've, I've been looking at one, once once you mentioned the um, the organ accumulator, I've been looking at some of this stuff, and the most scientific understanding of what his his box was doing, and which he actually got the idea from Faraday. So the organ box is a Faraday type of box, and it would have layers of inorganic and organic materials hmm. using say wool and then layers of steel wool hmm. and the steel wool would basically they would all interconnect right but there was no leakage between them so what would happen is all the magnetic flow around the room like all electromagnetic waves would actually flow around the space that's in the box hmm. so the box and the room inside is then layered with steel plate with zinc and that galvanization on the inside and And it would reflect on the inside but what they found is by doing that is you're creating the same magnetic capacity as the magnetic fields of say mars Mm. or the moon which allowed what what's known as cosmic particles to flow into the box so the box Mm. is now full of muons which is what they're using to scan the pyramids with the scan pyramids program. It's a muon detector, right? So muons actually enter the box and as they disintegrate, the reason why they disintegrate or start to burst is the, is, is the magnetic fields, which is everything. So in, in the upper atmosphere, you've got, you've got positive ions and negative ions and all these things and they're all fields, right? So they're like, like, like they said before, 99% 99% of a particle is nothing. The rest of it is actually fields and magnetism. So as these high-velocity particles, which are already going faster than the speed of light, which actually, for them, apparently, they're only supposed to travel about 60 metres within, or say, 60 kilometres within the atmosphere. But they manage to travel 600 kilometres because of the time dilation, because it's actually going faster than the speed of light. So these particles then accumulate inside the box because they're no longer distorted by the Earth's magnetic fields. Now, somehow, either they do just appear inside the box, but if you stay in there too long, you get sick. You actually end up radiation poisoning. If you stay in there for short periods of time, you're actually getting dosed with protons, which is almost like telomere treatment, which the mm. astronauts will be getting in space. So it's a telomere treatment within the box. But... The uh, the idea though is is on, on that is a lot of dielectric going within the organ device as well. But yeah. going back to the ancient civilizations, this box is a giant capacitor, right? 
So if you're looking at ancient tech that doesn't move, that doesn't, it doesn't need any motion. It doesn't need any, exactly. It's a giant, great big pyramid like this, right? That's, that's and organized, even Otis that's an T. pyramid, yeah. It's Otis an organic accumulator. In Otis T. Carr's writings, he all of a sudden starts talking about the Great Pyramid. Mm. And he, he, he talks about how it was made and then how it was then polished with mercury, spa, or the, uh, um, I forgot what you call it. It's the other chert. It's like a chert type of stone. It's, it's the actual, the pink quartz, the pink, the pink part of the, uh, um, rose quartz, uh, the, yeah. the, the rose granite in, in Egypt. So if you get the uh, feldspar, that's what it's called. Feldspar, that's the one. He got, he got feldspar, mercury, and something else and used that to polish the outside of the pyramid. And then that morning when the sun hit it, it created an orb above it and then it blew up. Mm. <laughs> it just fucking blew up. But if you look at the organ device being inorganic and organic layers or inorganic and then magnetic layers, the outer core of the pyramid was made out of pure white limestone, mm-hmm. pure limestone, which is pure organic and it's not magnetic. Permeable, right? The next layer Granite. was iron-rich limestone, which is why it's all stained now. Mm. And then the very internal core, like you said, it is polished granite, just like the polished sheet metal on the inside of the organ device or the organ accumulator. So I'm, I'm thinking that the pyramids, right, you've got, you've got these giant things, right? It's stopping. It's it's literally stopping magnetic fields. It's getting absorbed by all that magnetic, uh, all the, the the iron inside the the limestone and the granite on the inside, which will then focus the crystal. The crystals will focus um, energies that are coming through all the, all these uh, uh, um, cosmic particles that are exploding in there. That are also dilating time. <laughs> you imagine what the pharaohs were fucking up to. <laughs> They're in yeah. there slowing down time and 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 getting healthy and and coming yeah. out immortal and 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 I mean this all going well. I the mean, same thing. And then the whole idea with the with the like like you said with the the utron somehow co- uh, accumulating the orgone energy. And then I see you know. that the orgone energy could actually be uh, um, cosmic rays. Could be cosmic mm. particles, which is higher. Mm-hmm density radiation high density and a lot lines. of these and a lot of these pyramids sit on these magnetic lines this is the thing about the pyramid stuff is it sits on they all sit on these interesting magnetic lines you know and look the only the only writings that we have about the pyramid um is that it was built to transmit consciousness from the earth to the stars right um you know and this is the thing about the ether boys and this is the I mean, I, I, I just just fell down a rabbit hole of Otis T. Carr. There's a whole heap of new photos that have actually came out that I haven't seen before, which is interesting. Anyway, I'm going to have to save some of these pictures later. Um, however, when we talk about the ether, you, me, all of us here and everyone that's listening has experienced the ether, okay? Do you know when we've experienced the ether? in the flow state, right? So when you've been, I don't know, whatever you choose to do, like for me, it's riding a mountain bike, okay? You know, I've, I've been in the bush riding my mountain bike where you enter that flow. Might have been playing rugby league, might have been playing any ball sport, right? Any physical thing. We've, we've all experienced that flow where you can almost 
see things before they're going to happen, right? And you are there. You are in that moment. That is actually when you're in the flow, you're in the moment. You are the God self in that well, flow. So then time, time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're having fun, right? So I mean, you, you can perceptively alter time within the mind. That the mind absolutely. itself actually has these abilities that uh, Otis T. Carr's UFO has. The way that the way that Otis T. Carr is able to pop open or calm calm the waters of the ether to stop the vibrations of the surrounding environment, and then ride the ether like surfing, surfing, skimming the ether. It it's and he he does it with our time, and then it's 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 like you're saying you like the the mind itself actually does it. I mean, he actually quotes you pilot the thing with your mind. Mm. So it's as if that once you calm the ether, the only vibration that's to take place in there is your thoughts. So all of a sudden you can, you can literally manifest your way. You have a device that quietens the ether for you for then for you to think and manifest or to go somewhere, basically use it as a location device. You know, you can, you can go to different areas, different time zones or whatever it was that he was doing. But People also actually experience missing time. Yeah. After after going in this device, that he goes, it doesn't work the way we think. That it actually works in a way that it, it, it's it's. He 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 told the passengers once you once we get to the destination, get out, walk around, and fill your pockets with things, like sticks and rocks and shit, and then we'll get back in the ship. We'll fly back. So they all get in the ship. And they saw these rainbow colors and he goes, everybody just focus on the aquamarine color that's radiating from the crystal ball in the middle of the ship. He goes, just everyone focus on it, focus on it. He goes, okay, now everybody get out. And then they all got out and they're like, what the fuck? And they you know, have a look around, fill their pockets, get back onto the ship. And they're like, okay, focus, focus on the color. And they all go back on the other side and they all get out. And he's like, everybody out. And they're like, what? We, we didn't go we anywhere. Didn't go anywhere. And they're like, check your pockets. And he's and all their pockets were full of stuff. And the guys outside of the ship said, you've been gone for like half an hour, 20 minutes. And they thought they'd only been in there for about two minutes, three minutes. So whatever it was that his ship was doing was producing results exactly what we see today when someone gets abducted. Yeah. And it's because that when they open up that void, they're – well, time there's, doesn't exist, right? There's something else happening. Yeah, yeah. There's another part you, you, of you. That's you're not. Going. You're not. You're not in the. I mean, and this is. I, I suppose, Anthony, you could talk. You know, I don't know when we're going to wrap it up, boys. But uh, we talk about interdimensional stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, these things are literally slipping between what we underst- what we would understand from a scientific principle as dimensions, right? Because yep. they, the three dimensional existence that that we, you know, that we're all sort of sitting in a chair, we're feeling with our feet, doesn't matter to these machines and potentially these beings, right? If you want to be mm-hmm. totally crazy about it. Um, and, you know, we need to think about some of the stuff when we talk about, you know, Skinwalker Ranch and we talk about some of the portals that exist across Australia, right? What are we talking about here? You know, like... These are. There's, there's, yeah, I had an idea on the, uh, the, um, um, consciousness or entities. And, um, if, if 
it's like you're saying the 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 the, the universal uh, Taurus and hyperboroid combined. It's at that's that's universal, and then then in the center of that you have the plane of inertia, which is the galaxy or the solar system. Now, if you look at the harmonies that Earth has compared to the Sun, you'll see we spin a certain amount of time, twenty four hours. We go around thirty six, you know, um, three hundred and fifty, three hundred sixty five days a year. You know, all these cycles, right? If you are able, if if you actually look at the frequencies of the fields in those dimensions, and then you create, say creative uh, a device that then hums into those frequencies and those harmonies you will find in those objects that you're able to vibrate you're going to come across consciousness because those frequencies around our sun induce consciousness life fresh water well here's here on earth boys. So if you get, if you get those frequencies in any object, see, including crystals and including objects and statues and things like this, you shape it, it vibrates at a certain frequency where you will get a consciousness. So a lot of people channeling certain entities or uh, uh, um, visible creatures like Yowies or all these other things may actually be existing always around us, but they're in these other fields in these particular frequencies. But if something yeah. vibrates in a certain way or it changes its frequency or it no longer can hold its vibration, it'll fall or accelerate into our visible and physical realm and all of a sudden it's there in front of us. Yeah. So Even it, when like, uh, they talk about people changing their own vibrations to be able to see these sort of things, that could be taken into yeah. account as well. Well, I was just thinking, I was just thinking, have you boys ever been in like a, a meditation space where everybody's doing the... Um, no, man, I was in. I was in a, I was well, in actually, a sorry, I have been there, but you're not to that depth. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, I was in a room with a, like 150 other people, and we were all doing that frequency. And man, it it was, you know, I mean, anyway, if you boys ever use sound bowls, right? Um, crystal sound bowls. You've had a sound yeah, bowl, yeah, 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 yeah. Like that stuff will vibrate through your being, like into your bones, man. Like you get the right frequency. Um, and what is that? It's a permeation, or you know, as you say, a perturbation of the of the ether. It's a disturbance of the ether. This is all this. It's all this stuff is. It's just moving. If you look at one of those singing bowls, you're just rubbing the thing. But the the, the idea of the slightest movement is able to yeah. actually induce, have an induction in the area around you. The same way as that you put a stove on top of those in, induction stoves. Our vocal mm-hmm. cords, in the slightest amount of movement, in the right way, is able to induce the the environment around it the ether or in our sense for sound it's the atmosphere we're able to induce it to actually create a sound exactly the same way you watch the movement you sound sound what does sound come from like that's 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 the idea it's the way it's it's a perturbation it's crystal yeah wow (laughs) sorry (laughs) spun out of ears that's mad to, to, to think about it, that your like your vocal cords are these tiny little pieces of skin, right? Yeah, and yet we're right, able to it's... yell across to thousands and thousands of people. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's incredible, you know. You can project your voice or crack a crack a a glass. You're able to induce a sound from your vocal cords, and then get that glass to to absorb it in 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 a certain way for it to actually fracture. 
Uh, when you see those opera scenes, and what, and, what, and, and you know what's crazy about this whole conversation, Anthony, which has gone so many different directions. <laughs> it does. Is it's all the same, man. It is all the same. It is this stuff. What if, you know, demons and spirits and aliens and UAPs and UFOs and yaoi's and what if it's all the same? Yeah. Right? But I think same if as you us. Want it, it's if just you exactly want it, the same as us. The reason yeah. why we got so consciousness and, and so glorified and, and like look at the things we've done around us. Hmm. And it's like they're looking at us going, holy shit, look at this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. As it, they're all perturbations different densities of, of, of the ether at different densities. You, you, you get physical, like, like, like us, dense, dense light is hydrogen. You get, you get a photon and you crush it hard enough. It becomes the hydrogen proton, you know, then it leaves the sun and then it creates us. So we're all, we're all made out of light in that way. Like if, if hydrogen is made of light and all the other particles are made out of light, out of hydrogen and a hydrogen protons and a neutron is just a, a proton with a, an electron, which if, if it's by itself, it decomposes back down to a proton. Then everything is quite literally the same. It is everything is light. Everything is from the sun. Or at least uh, the, the sun is, is manifesting. It's crunching the ether around it and making these little dense spots, these dense vibrations, which is then what we can see as a particle. So we're all light. We're all literally like exactly Chiffin was saying, we're all literally light. We're all literally the same. And it has to, the only other difference between us would have to be frequencies. Yeah. Yeah, so that yeah. makes sense. And like it's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of mind boggling. But it is. On, on, it is. on the idea of this, all this Otis T car and these other devices, I don't think that they will work if you're in deep space. Because they're all actually using or repelling the magnetic fields around us to actually work. Yeah, right. yeah so see, with a solar magnetic, system, basically. Yeah, see, I got yeah, an there's a bit of a thought on that. I got an evolving thought on that. Yeah. I mean, if it's if it's okay, so if it's punching a hole in the ether, then there's more That's ether different. in space That's different. than yeah. there is on Earth. Right. Well, this actually—I'll yeah. be honest. This was one. This is from uh, Mr. McDermott when we sat in here the other night and explored this together. If it's, if it's an ether, if 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 what, let's we'll just take the OTC X one just for for purposes of this conversation. If Otis Carr's uh, UFO or UAP turned dielectric fields using the accumulators, blah blah blah, into something that literally manipulates the ether, then... Theoretically, you go anywhere. Theoretically, in space, there's more ether than there is on Earth. Yeah, that's like okay. the uh, spooky action at a distance. And it, to, it me, that, yeah. to me, that, that, there's not, they have to be an ether machine because how do they punch into water? How do yeah, they that's, that's different. Yeah. No, I, yeah, it's, yeah. Right? So mm. then if, if that's the case, then they operate in space. But, I mean... Oh, look, man, it's and then you got to start. See, that's the thing. Are, that's are the thing. They, I mean, are they punching holes in dimensions, man? Like, oh, like, what are we yeah, doing yeah. here? Yeah. Is, 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 is that the idea? That are we? Are we the actual person that's walking, or is is, is the entire universe moving, flowing around us? Around us? Yeah, you know. What I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Space is the thing that's moving. But I suppose to, you know, because we might wrap it up soon, boys. We're hitting the two hour. Yeah, yeah. Wrap it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, cause the thing with this stuff is that it's, and I apologize for, on behalf of myself and Grub because some of this, these ideas are, they're very esoteric, but they're also, in order to explore them, we've got to talk about them. There, there's actually people like actually inventing shit now and actually getting mm. free energy, free radiant energy. And I've got, I've got one dude that actually, his name is, uh, he's on YouTube and he's not painting his stuff. So it's all for free and everyone can give him advice. You can copy him. It's mm. simple. It's really, really simple. His name is Master Evo. So Master, M-A-S-T-E-R-I-V-O. And he's utilizing the new magnetic concepts from a guy called Ken Wheeler. Right. He's on YouTube as Taria Apophysis. And those two together is, th- th- that's how the Otis TK UFO works. Yeah, you can bring, piece together what he's got. And, yeah. They bring yeah. this technology to, to the fore. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's for short proven demonstrations, like proven demonstrations, like, yeah, yeah. The, like the, the, the other one is um, uh, Ken Wheeler's little hand device we'll talk about earlier. He mm. gets a little uh, button battery and he puts a flat coil, like a pancake coil. Somehow he wires that to that, so there's an amount of power that's cycling. He gets three quadpolar magnets and then he gets two, they have to be cup shaped, so that has to be saucer shaped because they have to be reflectors and they've got to reflect the surface of the earth. Which is why the neutrons are shaped the way they are. That parabolic shape is why Mm. the C-shaped magnet is on the outside. Mm. And then if you look down in the direction of the C-shaped magnet and the neutron, you'll see it's actually got that fan edge to it. Mm. So it has that parabolic shape to reflect the magnetic field back away from itself. So he said he actually found it that it would work better it would as he held it and he would swing it through the air and as he dropped it he would feel it five times more active as if there was a spring hanging on the end of it there was resistance if the sun and the moon was directly beneath his feet and this was there was no moving parts in this object there was nothing there was just a flow of you know quote unquote electrons through the Mm -hmm. coil back to the battery deflected somehow with the magnets and then it was reflected. So there was a magnetic field that was more powerful going to the sides, left and right, than there was from the magnetic field of the earth pulling down. So basically what he's creating there is a is a, a an anti-gravity device. Right? That's it's, exactly it's, what it is. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's if you increase the, the yeah, if you increase the energy in there, the electricity, mm. it will actually start to levitate. Now what this thing is actually doing is actually almost as if like a, a cloud hits a certain point, the magnetic field hits underneath his disc and actually reflects it and actually curls back around. So it's actually lifting it up. Right? He gets his concept the same from a spider, the way it flies away with its web. It actually puts its web up to become a uh, positive particle and actually fall away from the earth and fall upwards. And he would fall like gravity. As you fall, there's no potential and there's no potential energy. There's just pure inertia. So as 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 two magnets fall together, they're falling 
they're not falling. They're, they're not attracted to each other. They're actually falling into each other. So magnets are trying to find and fill the space that's between them because magnetic fields want to fill the uh, counter space. So a magnet becomes counter space the way a laser becomes point source. So it's a point source object. Not on a light sense, but in a physical sense. When you bring them next to each other, when the magnetic fields start to interact, they actually start to fall into a null point between them, between each other. And you can tell this because as soon as they hit each other, the very center of the magnetic poles then shifts and goes to the center mass of those two objects, those two magnets. So the, the actual north and south pole will move. If you get two magnets and you're putting them next to each other, when they start to pull into each other, their, their, their plane of inertia where the north and south pole comes from actually leaves their, leaves their physical body and becomes a void in between the two objects. And that's what they're falling to. So that's what you have to overcome. And the earth itself is non-coherent point source magnetism. That's what gravity is. That's all mind-blowing. Well, boys, we're going to have to wrap it up there, right? It's, um, yeah, we're punching well over two hours now, so <laughs> it goes a lot longer than I was expecting to go. But um, look, before we go, guys, look, where can um, Drift, where can people find you, mate? Uh, unlocking the code, mate. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, yeah, look, th- this stuff is hard. It, it, it's And, yeah, I knew, I knew we would. It's, a, it's, it's difficult it's to explain. It's probably the second time I've actually said this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Trying it's to put difficult it into words. to explain. It's, yeah. And <laughs> without, without diagrams and, and, and having an understanding of of what's going on. But I think to put it in a nutshell, yeah, Unlocking the Code Everywhere is where you'll find a podcast. Actually, something pretty cool happened. So I'm looking at Otis T Car on Google and then like a third of the way down the page is Unlocking the Code because we did like a special on it. So... Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, however, um, these ancient civilizations had this tech. They're, if you are to believe the stuff coming out from Area 51, that more than one of these crafts is, was actually found, right? It wasn't built. It was found. <coughs> Stolen. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. And... Um, they stole. They stole Otis's craft as well. Obviously, well, um, he had the ball. Remember, remember uh, the the guy saying at S four. He said there was a ball they couldn't touch, and it, hmm. the ball is what they used to fly the object. And then Otis T Car, the witnesses say he had like a crystal ball thing in the middle of his fucking craft, hmm. and that's what he used to fly. And I'm like, hmm. now, now when you say that, I'm like, fuck, is it really? Was it his? <laughs> you stole Could it. Could have been. Could have been. <laughs> fucking. Grand Theft this, Auto. This, but uh, look, watch this space as far as zero point and magnetic energy being the future. Um, and you only have to point Elon Musk in the recent past has just talked about his warp drive. Fucking space is, time. Yeah. <laughs> is an EM drive, which is electromagnetic drive. Which EM, is yes, what yes, we're talking yeah. about now. Right? Yes. So, yeah. They try to this, explain it now with with space time and this and that, but mm. yeah, well, what he's doing was was the the other way. It's almost like you might you you need to create a point source or like a a black hole basically in front of yourself, mm. and you actually be be either propelled or sucked to that point. And that's where you can see maybe someone could actually use a laser, and they point the laser, and wherever the laser goes, the UFO will follow because it'll actually fall into it like a vortex. 
and this is Nicola, uh, um, this is uh, we called um, um, Elon Musk. Mm. This is this. He, he's uh, trying this, to this explain. Wave, he's trying to explain. Or... He's trying to explain what we're trying to explain. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, yeah, they call it space much, time. That's, yeah. yeah, they call it space stop, time. Stop it's, Just, it's enough, Rob. It's enough, man. Paul, stop, stop we can keep It'll never end, man. The thing is, <laughs> no, that's right. So it, it makes me think that Getchy's back on there again next time um, in a couple of weeks if he's keen for it to go and keep this going because like, um, we didn't really touch too much on the technology side with the ancients and how it's sort of progressing much. Like We sort of kept dabbling off onto the, uh, the mag- magnetic side of things and that, but it and trying to explain yeah, I, the whole I, concept I, I, behind I, it all. Yeah, I, 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 tried, I tried to bring Grub back on track like 20 times, but he, he wouldn't come with me. No, that's right. Look, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Like, <laughs> I totally understand. Like When you're trying to explain to someone, they're like, you just go, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to go down this path, and you're trying to go, this, oh, no, but now all this path. It's like, this goes everywhere. Look, yeah, look. Guys, um, Grub, where can people find you, mate? Uh, on Twitter, you, you, you'll find a lot of this, a lot of diagrams, pictures, and... and stuff on that that hopefully some some, some people are responding but <laughs> yeah. that's um uh, at grab one two three two one g-r-u-b one two three two one yep no worries i'll throw the links there in the uh, in the profiles anyway for this show and that and um obviously you work with uh generally on subconscious realms there so um yeah subconscious know. realms is a lot of um uh little little pieces of uh actually a lot more of it's about the ancient history ancient pasts um the occult Methods, methods of um, even down to you know satanic ritual abuse. So it's all there. All these different methods. Yep. So you name it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, diving down all these different paths. It's all. It's a. It's obviously. Like, it's all some sort of connection between the whole lot of them anyway. Like, you know, they're all trying to tap into the ether. What they're all trying to do is is get that little quiet spot upon the ether where their thoughts can be used. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what, because boys, then, I ended, then I ended you can up manifest. in. It's I ended up in a small country town in the, in like 50, 60 k's from where I live and I found triptych Masonic architecture all over this little one-horse town, man, right? And this is that's the same thing. That's the God self. It's all the same, but we can't talk about that now. Thanks very much, Anthony. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, right. Thanks, guys. brother. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks again. Thanks for joining in, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers, mate. We'll do, brother. Take care. Hang on. Put this one here and then go that way. Right, guys, thanks for joining in. It was absolutely great having you on here. Um, absolutely fantastic episode. And, well, geez, we're punched through. And, um, yeah, wow. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. Gonna... It's, 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 fucking, it's fucking hard. Eh? But for me, for me, I'm starting to realise that this is what the ancient Greeks, the Pythagoras, everyone, bro, this is what they've been talking about. This is, this is where they're trying yeah. to go, man. It's just hard yeah. to try uh... and explain it. You shushy. I mean, they're trying to be trying to explain it for thousands. Everyone can see. Grub, grub, shut up. (laughs) Grub, grub, shut up. We're We're trying to end this show, you know. We're trying to end. (laughs) 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 No, and that will do it, folks, for this episode of Encounters Down Under. I hope you enjoyed the show, and remember, you can also get involved in the show by joining the Facebook page and getting in on the live streams. Also, please be sure to share with your friends and family to help us grow and potentially find our next guest on the show. If you or you know someone who has had an encounter, please get in touch with me through our Facebook page via Messenger or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hooroo! Imagine 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 